Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. It's me again. I almost think that it's a threat when I say that's me again. But I'm here today with Margaret Agard. And Margaret is a special guest because she has a special story. She's talking to us from Florida in the United States. And um, welcome. First, let me say welcome, Margaret. Hi, Claudia, happy to be here. (laughs) Good. I'm so (laughs) glad that you did have time to talk to us. Um, Margaret uh, Agard is an award-winning writer, and she's the author of two memoirs, and she has a third on the way. She's a former executive in the high-tech industry. She's an author, speaker, mother of eight. When I read that, I thought, (gasps) (laughs) here I am with two children, and I thought I was overwhelmed, but (laughs) I can understand. Um, She's a Christian mystic. We'll talk about that, and a Reiki healer. Margaret focuses on helping others tame their overwhelming to-do lists and finding true purpose by turning their to-do lists over to God, spirit, and an inner voice. So, Margaret, if you don't mind, can we start with talking about this idea of mysticism, a Christian mystic? Is a Christian mystic different from other mystics? And what is this mysticism? For me, Christian mystic is a person who seeks to live their life um, in the presence of God and listening for that inner voice it's that is the goal of a christian mystic and that's my goal how to i constantly um be in the presence of god be hearing his and i'll call him his because that's just my habit voice and allowing my life to be directed that way now before we started recording, you said uh, there were a number of things um, that you had written to me. And you said, well, there is something that happened that changed my life. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I said, I thought to myself, okay, now what are you doing? And what was it that changed your life? I, when my life was overwhelming at one point, single mom, sole financial support of the family, eight kids, working full time, and I had gone back to university to finish my last two semesters. Um, and so I was like, uh, I, I know how to set priorities and make lists, but it wasn't working for me. And so at that point, I 
was used to hearing God's voice occasionally. And oh, hold on. Voice wait, wait. Directed me. I'll interrupt you. When you said I'm, I was used to hearing, what did that exactly, can, can you describe it? What exactly happened? Was it a voice or was it a sensation? Well, when I first started, I was thinking about this the other day because people ask. Yeah. At first, I would just feel a sense of peace. Yes. And, you know, and so it grew. So at, um, and I would get impressions. And I would just call them impressions. Oh, give me, an, give but me I once heard what do you mean by these impression, impressions? I might, okay, so I might be just think, oh, maybe I should go over there. And I, so wherever it was, I'd go, you know, and something would happen. Um, but after a while, I began to recognize a thought in my head that was words, the way we think in our yes, heads. Yes, yes. You know, like when we're trying to meditate, we're like, quiet, quiet up there. Okay, so one of those voices in my head, I began to recognize as the divine. And it often is telling me something to do that doesn't always make sense, but it's never a bad Give thing. Give me an it's example. Um. Oh my gosh, it just happened the other day because I didn't listen. So that's why I remember it. Because as practiced as I am at this, sometimes I don't listen. Um, I was staying at my son's house and I was taking his granddaughter to go over to visit her grandmother in an assisted living center. And as I was leaving, I thought, oh, I should put my luggage in the car. And then I thought, no, nah, when I bring her back, I'll get the luggage. And I thought it three times. This often happens. I think it three times. And the third time is when I think, oh, wait, wait, wait. This, I think this is God. Um so, but I didn't. And so after we went, I took her to visit her grandmother, her other grandmother, and her mom came and said, I think we'll just go to the store. So she'll leave with me. And so I said, okay, I'll just go right to the airport, having forgotten ah. that I didn't have my luggage. Oh. And my luggage is still at my son's house oh. because the airport <laughs> was too far away. <laughs> and so, yes. And then it's like, oh, wait, I mean, I don't need that stuff. I have stuff at home, right? But wait, my car keys. My car keys are in the luggage. Oh. So, oh my gosh, what a mess. And other times I do listen, but it is like that. I have a thought. Yeah. And the thought comes back more than once. Yeah. Like when you're leaving the house, you know? But what had happened when I started doing this. When you say this. Is started. This is when I began turning my life over yeah. to the divine. Okay. By turning my to-do list over. I would just sit in the morning with my list. Here's what I'm planning to do today. And just pay attention to that small voice that I had by this time learned how to discern. Yeah. And I would think, oh, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this, but do do this. And sometimes would add something, like call a certain person uh -huh. or take a meal to someone. And those times have been fulfilling because you know i've called people when they were in so much stress i called a cousin was not a lot of cousins yeah i know a lot of people mm -hmm. so when a thought comes call this particular cousin who i never call okay <laughs> we see each other at reunions i never call and then i call her and she can hardly talk oh because she's so upset she said margaret i was just starting to breathe into a paper bag you know how you're like yes ah. and um so I have those kinds of experiences where I know that someone needs help and God is directing me to be the person to help. Okay, okay. Now, let, let's just backtrack a little bit because we did mention that you have written two memoirs. Um, were they also guided or was this before 
you started having these conversations or the listening to these voices? So the first one I just think of as the to-do list. And what had happened is at one point the thought came, I want you to write your life on the internet. Now this is back in 1999. Okay, so we're okay. talking, that was the first- 20 some years ago. Okay, so- Not a lot of blogs. Okay. Yeah, so I'm like writing, I found a place, it was called Open Diary where you could write. And mm-hmm. um, I started writing what was happening in my life. Oh, I felt impromptu to go do this mm-hmm. today, or this is what happened to me today. I doubted that little voice today and guess what? <laughs> I should have listened. And after about two years of that, the thought came, write a book about this. And so I started to try to gather it and figure out how to write it. And it was like, no, the book is written. Just go through all those things that you've written up on the internet and on this private site and find the ones that are um around the subject which which is what i did so that was the first book so in a sense i was guided like do this Mm -hmm. and then but they were your words and your writing okay yes it was not no it was not channeled oh it's Mm -hmm. definitely me i wasn't channeling anything okay (laughs) unless you want to channel sarcastic jersey girl yeah i channel her (laughs) i hear you i'm from jersey (laughs) i was was listening to your voice and i said she sure sounds like she's from jersey grew up right in jersey (laughs) northern jersey yeah yeah. Which which I revalue you when I was there I'm thinking oh I don't like this place you know any place else there are mountains there are beaches there's everything you want you can go skiing you can go yep. to the beach it is a garden yep. state. Yep. So now we're at the second memoir. What's the name of the first book? Um they're both called In His Footsteps and the first one is In His Footsteps I gave my to-do list to God. Okay. More done, more sleep, less stress. The second one is In His Footsteps Missions. So we saw that we ha- we sold all we had and followed as God changed hearts and created miracles. So it was almost like up to then I was giving most of my life to God. Yeah. But going on the missions was you have all day. You've got all day, God. Whatever you want us to do, we're doing. And that that was an amazing experience. So uh, tell me the age of your youngest child today so I can get it. Oh, today? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You just turned 40. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. In the book, I mean, it was 20 some years ago, right? Like in 1990. He's like, fit. he is just. You the, must have never. had these so young. Yeah. My first one was born when I was 20. Okay. And I had them in 11 years. Oh, my God. Because. Oh my, God. my mom had a big family, but oh. she had her last one at 42. And I thought, yeah, I'm not doing that. So we had um, eight in 11 years. And uh, that was before the first one became a teenager. So we didn't know. Oh, that's <laughs> what right. <was> coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> no, that was fun. But now they're all older and they're all secure and, you know, yeah. doing well. So, well, this mm-hmm. is an accomplishment. So, so now we're, you said a third book is on the way. Is that also guided? I had always thought that I would have three books and the first one and the, and the first one was my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I thought of that as faith. And the second one was going out and, and, um, being on the mission, this kind of sense. Right. Yes. And the third one is about my husband. My It's a second marriage. My first marriage is ended. Yeah. I was a single mom. And and uh, I, I would say that was a God-directed marriage. And so you think, well, a match made in heaven, right? This should be great. <laughs> this was not great. 
no. We were two oh, no, no. I'm afraid. Were... I'm afraid to ask. Okay. So, I mean, he was, he had an alcoholic, abusive father, oh. very, very touchy. I had my fears. And at one point, we'd only been married maybe six months. And I was just thinking, you know, we don't have kids. We don't have to, I could just end this anytime. If I'm really supposed to be in this marriage, I need something to hang on to. I need a promise. Give me a scripture. I don't care. And, and the thought came, all will be made whole as a result of this marriage. And in the Christian world, in the biblical verses where Christ talks about making people whole, that word, if you look at the basis, is they are made whole spiritually and emotionally, not just physically. So he would say to the woman who is bleeding, thy faith hath made thee whole. Yeah. He's referring to her spiritual and emotional um, wellness as well. Yeah. So that promise to me was, you know, my children were struggling. They struggle after a divorce. Right. Um, his children had some struggles. We definitely had our struggles. And so this promise, all would be made whole as a result of this marriage, is what kept Keep me going. And and looking for healing. Well, wait. Now, like, when was that? When you heard this, all will be made whole. What year? Give me a time range. It's back in that same time. It was all kind of happening 99? at the same time. Yeah, we got married in 97. Uh-huh. Oh, so it was, actually happened in, in 98 uh-huh. that I got that answer. Are you still together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. We're about to celebrate our 25th anniversary uh-huh. because, you know, we got married in 97. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're celebrating. And well, much. Interesting. Now, uh, there's there's a very strong element of faith there. A very strong element of faith in the sense that when things are going and in the face of crises and all of the rest, when you are suffering, because it's suffering, it's suffering, mental yeah. torture, mental abuse. If it's not physical, it's mental or even both. When you come out with this thought or when it's guided to you, it's an act of faith. And you then were rewarded, I can see, from what you're explaining. Um, let's let's leave the idea of the to-do lists and being overwhelming, uh, overwhelmed. And let's just go one step forward, okay? So we're talking today, um, but what about the future? Do you have a dream that you still want to accomplish, or are you waiting for guidance about that? I was told more than once I've been told to do something mm-hmm. that I don't know how to do. Yeah. And for ex- give me an example. Give me an example. Oh. So a friend's house burned down. She didn't have insurance. Oh. And it was, you know, one day I'm sitting at church and, you know, the church had bought her an RV. She was living in that. We're kind of waiting for her to solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, she had an income and stuff. But I'm sitting in the church one day and God's like, build her a house. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh. you know, I don't have a clue. <laughs> so i mean i was like well i guess we'll figure out how to do that and so you know i went out and got all kinds of donations material donations got people to work on it took a year and a half i just would be each week and i and i you know could talk with god then and at one point i said 
why do you always send the stuff just at the last minute? I would feel a lot more comfortable if it was coming, you know, like a few weeks Prepare in advance. me. Okay. Yes. Like, I don't want to have to wait for the roof trusses and they tell me on Monday they're going to deliver it the next Saturday when I'm like sweating it. Okay. Yeah. And, and the answer was so obvious. He's like, Margaret, you live in West Virginia where people steal stuff all the time. I don't want that laying up on her property. It was like, I will get it to you when, when you, you can need use it. it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. So I get things like that, um, but also smaller things. Now, for my own personal future, it was, I want you to make this book a bestseller. Well, I've done everything I know how to do. That's when I know God steps in. Mm-hmm. When I've done everything I know how to do, mm-hmm. and then he says, you're ready, it's going to happen now, then something happens. That happened with our business. Mm-hmm. I had a business. We were selling a Bible product online. Mm-hmm. And it was time to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So we were built it up. You know, it was a little $20 well, why, product. What do you mean it was time to stop doing that? Why? Because I was supposed to be working on this message uh-huh. and those books. Mm-hmm. And I was spending too much time on that business. Mm. And I was maybe making in profit about 75000 a year. Uh-huh. On it. It's just a little home-based business. Yeah. And I started making it so that we could step back. We could sell it right. to someone. Right, right. Yeah. And my husband's like, no, no. And after about and what, a year. When God, is this? Like, I, what year? This was 2016. Okay. And so six years ago. And so, and I had people working for me, mm-hmm. single moms usually. Yeah. And I thought, um, all of a sudden the business started tanking, like down, Oh, down. Oh. Yeah. During the time of year when it usually took off. Yeah. And I thought, you know, one way or the other, I'm going to stop doing this business so I can focus on the books and this message about going to God. How you give your life to God is give your day to God. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, at, finally, my husband agreed to sell the business mm. if we moved to Florida. <laughs> That's oh, like the deal. wow. Well, it was more like this. I want to move to Florida. How are we going to do that? Well, we'll take the money from when we sell the business. We're selling the business? Yes, fine. That day, he signed a contract. Oh. And our business is tanking. And so I did the whole, uh, what do you call it, where you are going to manifest something. Yes. Okay. So there's a difference between manifesting and faith. So for manifesting, I was like, this is how much I need. If I can't sell the business, if it's tanking, right? Yeah. So I need the business to start making a little more money than last year. So I have this card. I wish I, I should have brought it with me. It I doesn't show matter. It to you. On it, I started writing. In October, I need this. In November, I need this. That's what I'm writing. A to-do right? list. Like, a to-do list for yeah, God. 20,000 in sales, <laughs> yeah. 30,000 yeah. in sales, like that, right? And so I heard that voice say, um, don't limit me. Oh, so I, just I love you. I wrote, <laughs> don't limit God. And so... <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. The next day, I'm like driving in West Virginia. There's hardly ever anybody on the freeways, and I never listen to the radio. I'm just driving along, and I hear that voice. And he says, Margaret, I'm going to turn this business around. It's going to happen so fast. It's going to look so easy. You're going to be tempted to keep it. Ah, don't. Because <laughs> he could kill it as easily as he could build it. And I kid you not, I went from 15000 a month to 150000 a month in two weeks. Wow. You know, there's an, as you were talking, uh, it came to mind, uh, an expression came to mind. I'm sure you've heard it. 
um, they're as rich as God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Well, we're not as rich as God because, you know, we sold the business. People are like, you could have had a lot more if you'd held on for a year because you could have, mm. I was like, no, if we'd have held on for a year, we'd have gotten zip right. because he specifically said, it's time to sell the business. Yeah. And don't hang on to it. Right. And, you know, we had enough money to pay cash for our house mm -hmm. here. And nice. Just, but we're not rolling in it. Well, no, and, it's, you know, it's a, still, always yeah. a risk. You, you talk like a person who's at the gambling table, blackjack, you know, at the Russian roulette. And, okay, that's what, all right, we're going. You know, and it, and, and it is a daily risk because life is a series of decisions, isn't it? So when you yeah. have this channel that you are linked to it seems to take the weight off of what you are doing i mean if you could i'll make you laugh um like i said we do have to go to food shopping <laughs> we have to eat right right and when i i even talk to the divine when i'm in front of all right look i know i i have to make a choice what would you what would you <laughs> even stupid things you like do? that yeah you know <laughs> and um but but it's a lot of people have trouble in in accepting this. They think, oh, she hears voices. How could you believe her? It's a thought. Yeah, it's a thought. It's a thought. It's a thought. That's thought. why I wanted to talk about that in the beginning. Their thoughts. Um, have you ever had... You should learn to discern that yes. thought. See yes. that? Yes. Yeah. And for me, it, it, I, it does come, like it'll kind of keep soft, it's gentle. It'll be accompanied by that sense of peace and, but not pushy, you know, and it'll, if I keep ignoring it, it'll finally stop. But yeah, yeah. if I, yeah. if, and so what happens with the, with the daily list is I'm specifically paying attention. Yeah. I am here. Okay. Tell me. Okay. Yeah. Let, so, so now let's go uh, just a moment to your children. There are eight, right? And you talk about, uh, 1997 1999 when this phenomenon started is that right yeah when i started praying what should i right. do okay yeah. so uh, what was the uh, age of your eldest uh, your youngest then 20 um he was 40 now. yeah he was 26 he was, okay he, so they were I, older yeah they were still older and the youngest one was um 15 ah the youngest was 15 there you go so yeah. that's young still yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I write about some of my conversations with him, you know, mm -hmm. like he loves rich people. He hates poor people. Why do people who are good always end up? Who says this? Your youngest? Oh, Your son? my gosh, my 15 year old. What is I mean, they had all said it. it all, and they all say it at some point, you know, it's like, oh, it's the same conversation. I've had this conversation seven times before. But um, <laughs> so we and so we I kind of write about those conversations in the book because at one point they're humorous you know at, at, oh my gosh he tells me um why does god make me you know struggle and i said well you know it's like building your muscles right like you have yeah. to to build your muscles you have yeah. to like struggle some so and then he said well my friend i'll, I'll make up a name i forgot his name but his my friend Martin, his parents give him everything mm. and he doesn't have to work. Oh, don't you love it. that? I love that. I, and I was like, oh, really? And he said, I yeah. want to meet this. And he, he's, <laughs> these people. I know. I was, so how's that working for him anyway? So like, he said, well, it's terrible. They gave him a car and he wrecked it. Uh, they, there you go. You know, they buy everything and he just loses it. 
And they've told him when he's 18, he's going to have to move out of the house and take care of himself. Thank goodness. And I said, really? How old do you think he'll do? And he said, oh, I, it's going to be a mess. He doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't have a job. And I was like, they because they did everything for him. He didn't have to learn yeah, how to do any of it. And I was like, really? Yep. Mm -hmm. Really? I think you just answered your own question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So let, let me ask you a couple of things, because um, when someone has a conversation, because I'm, I'm psychic, I'm a channel or I'm a medium. So I, you know, one leg is on that side, one leg is on this side, and the conversations are very easy. Do you, have you ever, since that time, since the beginning of, of the voice and the inner voice, have you ever had the sensation that you are um, psychically in tuned into people who are around you? Have you ever had that experience of a psychic phenomenon on your part, other than the conversations with the divine? Um, no, not for me. My husband is, but that is often one of the gifts I think, given to uh, children who are raised by abusive, in an abusive mm -hmm. home hmm. with, you know, alcohol or drug abuse parents, hmm. they become very connected to other people hmm. and to what they're feeling and to what's going on. It could be. Uh, that's not could me. Be. It I could do be. sometimes. People will say, that please pray about life. this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But you have that. So, but, but I do get prayer answers, you know, like mm -hmm. people will come to me and say, I'm so upset about what's going on. I can't hear what the answer is. So I will often pray for people uh, and get an answer there you that go. I share there with you them. There you go. So so yeah. this is still, it's similar to what I was saying. It is, it, it is a yeah. certain, let's say, a certain brand, a certain kind of, of um, connection with the divine. Um, so you have your family, you have your children, and they are, were they always brought up to speed as to what you were doing, how it came about? Did you share this with them directly right away? Yes. And sometimes I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. um, and they have learned to connect themselves. You know, they have, they have an all-state Christian. They have an all-state and Wow, wait a minute. Now, wait. But they listen. Go slow. But they listen. Go slow. Now, what happened? You have eight. Eight children, right? Yeah. Did they all embrace this and espouse this? Or did was there a doubting Thomas? Or how did that work? How did that work? I think when they were teenagers, they had a hard time learning to listen. But even that 15-year-old, I said to him, look, I can't answer this question for you. You're going to have to ask God. And he said, I did ask God. And I said, well, what did he say? He said, be grateful for what you have. And I was like, well, I know he's hearing because that is the answer. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people get the answer. They don't like the yeah, answer. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I don't want to hear that answer. Yeah. So, yes, I think they all um, uh, have learned that. For To me, that's the whole point of church is to learn to connect with God. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of raising them with some spiritual yeah. upbringing. Wait now. Yeah. And well, you, so you said the yeah. magic key word church. So let's say that that's the first time we've brought an institutional uh, talk, institutional idea of religion, because you talk about church. How connected is the phenomenon that you're talking about up until now to your uh, religious habits? I mean, 
really going into a church? Is it very connected? I mean, is that where your uh, religious nature comes from? Yes, I was told from the time I was about seven or eight yeah. that I could, that God would speak to me. I needed to learn to hear that seven or eight. Voice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Already, it wasn't 1997. We're talking as a child. Oh, as a child, yeah. But when did I actually really connect to and start to I say, see. "Here, here's how I'm going to turn my life over uh -huh. to you"? No, I. My first experience was the first time I went to this one particular church. I have felt like up to that point I had learned a lot about God, uh -huh. but that day I felt like I met Him. Uh huh. And then I would, you know, like when I was in second and third grade, when I was upset, I would actually read my Bible. Yeah. I don't know what other people yeah. do. And I would feel that sense of peace when I was, a, but it wasn't until I was in my 20s right. I started to discern that Yeah, voice. this is the same. I have had the, the exact same experience, six, seven, eight years old. And I didn't start to uh, understand, well, maybe I didn't understand, but that's when it yeah, began. I don't understand. That's when it yes. began. And then I discerned it afterwards. Um, yes. So, so this is quite, it's a very personal growth. It's a very personal experience. It's very difficult to describe this to other people, and everyone has their own experiences. Um, have you had ever people come to you and say, look, Margaret, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I do this, this, this. I have this job. I'm this, this. Am I supposed to be, like, they come to you asking you what they should be doing. What's my life purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Has that ever happened to you? No, because I think my books make it clear ah. that I'm pointing you towards God. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to learn to hear this voice. Yeah. And because it's a daily thing, he, for me, he, he changed my life and often gradually and then sometimes in like write your life on the okay, internet okay. now make it a book all right so sometimes right. it was gradual here's what i want you to do today here's what i want you to do today but other times okay more. so you here's how i think yeah. about it okay go ahead Claudia. so imagine i'm in heaven of course you are mm -hmm. whatever you think heaven is i'm in heaven and there's this creator divine being energy ball of love whatever it is up there and and we're all up there and so are we like running to that being and saying oh my gosh i have so much to do so much to do can you help me here or are we saying you know i love what you're committed to what you're bringing about how can i help you and so that's when my life really changed when i stopped saying here's my list of things i have to do how can you help me with it and began to become what yeah. do you want me to do today? yeah 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 well see now yeah. this is what i meant because you asked the divine directly what do you want me to do? And I have trouble with people asking me what they have to be doing. And uh, yeah. it's it, it's very difficult for people to take responsibility like that. And it's yeah. not a very common. People want to be told as if they want to abdicate all of their responsibilities, give it up and say, I have to be told what I am meant to do. This, however, Margaret, wow. let's imagine a doctor, right? I have uh, one of my clients is a very well-known physician, and she's 
remarkable with the type of work that she does. Nonetheless, despite all of her uh, success, all of her rewards, all of that, she still has this strong element of doubt as to what am I meant to be doing? And, you know, it's as if she wants to hear, no, you shouldn't be a doctor. You should be a a high priestess. Shaman? Right, a shaman. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it, it, it is very, uh, I, I have trouble in understanding where they come from where their head is, you know, and I'm, and I literally don't understand the question. Um, and so this is something I'm learning now because every time I get that question, my mouth opens and I'm thinking, what, (laughs) you know, it's not that you have to be an Indian chief, a beggar, you can be anything, but that's different from what your soul is doing. Right. I, so I hear what you're saying. So I have kind of two answers. Okay. You're right. Because most of us aren't being told to go off and be Mother Teresa in India. You know, we're more helping people on a day-to-day level. We're bringing messages. And, and that's how, the you know, the divine treats us as individuals. He's not trying to find, you know, some big following. I had a friend who had an even larger family than mine. And she said, I want to do this, Margaret. So I went to God and I said, um, I want to do what you want me to do today, God. I need you to know I have like 12 loads of laundry. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> yeah, right. he said um, well, you do what you have to do today. But whatever you do, do it with kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And often it's for me, it's just these calls or just sometimes it's, you know, I, I can tell kind of fun unusual wow i wish i had a story like that but they only happen once every couple of years you put them in one book it looks like a lot yeah but yeah so you know once it was go to town at a certain time and it was like five o'clock so i'm canning tomatoes i'm trying to get out of there by five o'clock it was five fifteen, and as i go to town i see somebody hitchhiking and i thought is that why i'm here and it was like yeah and so i pick it up i thought it was a woman but it was a guy and he's telling me the story. He'd been walking 30 miles that day. No one had given him a ride. Oh, dear. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to this town. It's 20 miles away. There's a truck stop. I'll drop you there. And so as I dropped him, I could feel that voice say, give him 20 bucks. Oh. And I happen to have cash. I never have cash. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I don't <laughs> usually do that. But <laughs> so I'm like... I said, here's 20 bucks. And he gets out of the car. And as I pulled away, I heard that voice say, see how much I love him. And so this kind of bothered me a little bit because I'm selfish and I like to get my sleep. And so now I wasn't going to get to bed until late that night. Uh. And I kept thinking, well, how come you asked me to go? I mean, he'd been walking 30 miles. There must be a thousand people on either side of that road. You could have asked to give him that ride. So why did you keep out? Why did you ask me to do it? And he said, well, were you blessed for it? And I said, yeah, feeling that love was a blessing. But then I couldn't let it go. Like even years later, I'm like, how come you made me go? And so <laughs> you're funny. You're funny. And then he said, because I could trust you to go. Yeah. 
That's why I asked you. And so this is my message, Claudia. Mm -hmm. I want more people to do this than I wouldn't have had to go. I'd get more sleep. So if everybody <laughs> in this, if everybody got up every day and said, what do you want me to do today? God, that poor guy would have gotten a ride a whole lot sooner. Well, yeah. you're barking up the wrong tree. I don't even have a car. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I would be giving you the ride. Okay. But I could cook a mean meal. I could have. Oh my gosh, and I hate to cook, so that would work perfectly. Yeah. Boy, this you cook is Italian? wonderful. Sorry? Do you cook Italian? Yeah, yeah. Well, I cook, I, that, I grew up Italian. I just, yeah. you know. So you do that uh, eggplant parmesan? Well, yeah. You call it gravy or sauce? I call it sauce. I never okay. call it gravy, but, you know, I'm going to make your mouth water. You see, in this neck of the woods, if I go to the supermarket, what do I see? And you see these in you see this in Italian uh, grocery places. You have cooked food that you can pick up and bring home. Just buy. Yeah. Oh my god. And it and it's really good. <laughs> so <laughs> so I I like if I'm having guests I will cook, but it's easier for me to throw things together and just. You know, just eat. You, I'm I'm a good cook when I want yeah. to be. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. But there's so many other things I like to do. So if I could get rid of the cooking, you know. But if I used yeah. to, when I was young, I used to say, boy, I want to meet a man who knows how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and then the list got longer. Knows how to give a massage. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when I met, before I met my husband, when he said, God has said, you're going to meet the man you're going to marry next fall. That's kind of how my book begins, mm -hmm. that third one. At one point, and I was like, well, no, thank you. I'd prefer not to get married again. But um, <laughs> at one point, I said, okay, I'm accepting that I'm going to get married again. What's he like? And he said, well, why don't you make a list of the top 10 things you want in a man? <laughs> and I did. And, and he's everything on the list. And I was like, at one point, I was like, you know, God, I thought some things went without saying. Right. <laughs> They're not on the list. <laughs> so, I mean, we're laughing here because it is. It is. This is the way life is, you know. And I, my life has always been like that, talking to, yeah. you know, I could remember, uh, I, I tell this story a little bit. When I was that age, six, seven, and I had my, I was yeah. holding my dad's hand and I, we were in church and I was looking up at the frescoes and everything and all these these spirits were coming out of the pictures and were dancing, you know, and I was in awe wow. of all this stuff going on up there. And I'm thinking, why doesn't anybody see this? And what, what are they looking at the altar for, you know? And so at one point I must have been in a trance because my dad kept pulling my hand, you know, Claudia, Claudia, what's going What's yeah. happening? And I said, no, I, I, and I just did, I couldn't talk. I didn't want to talk in, in the middle of mass. But that's how it started. All of a sudden you start, like children have playmates and uh, spirits and things like that, angels. And that's what my world was populated like. It was sort of like a fiction novel all around me, you know. Um, but it, it's, and what is hard, I don't know if it happens to you, it's hard thinking that other people haven't had that experience. And I'm thinking, how come they don't? see it don't they see right <laughs> you know right don't they hear <laughs> who sees auras and she thought everybody saw auras yeah 
Yeah. Like she's like, I mean, she thought, well, I, I, I'm seeing him. I guess everybody else yeah. does. It, took, it was like she was in her 20s before she realized. Yeah. Well, the aura. Everybody sees and that. this is what I forgot to ask you in the middle, uh, in the beginning, because you're a Reiki healer and I myself as as well. So when we talk about aura, an aura of someone, what people take for granted, what is that exactly? Well, I do think it's that energy that they're surrounding them with. And that's why whatever their emotions are, are sort of creating this sense of um, either darkness or lightness or green or blue. There is a sense there is what I get from an aura. But for me, I mostly have a sense of the energy, just the energy through my hands ah, and the energy. You use them. your hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. There's a lot of um, meat on this fire, Margaret. There's a lot to talk yeah. to. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for having and me. And we will talk again sometime. I appreciate you That'd coming. Be great. Bye bye, Margaret. Thanks. Bye, Claudia. <laughs>